0: Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So,
1: can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
2: And uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, and uh, alongside my uh, trusty friend and expert, Charlie uh, Dobbin. Oh, I Charlie was expecting Dubbin. you yeah. to
3: say something nicer than that. <laughs> i got to say trusty. hi to uh,
2: not only David Gaskin, our producer, but mm-hmm. uh, we have a sous chef of the control board, Christina. <laughs> we welcome her aboard right now. She's getting a lot of training morning. in there. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well,
3: Dave says he's leaving us yeah says <laughs> sorry <laughs> not, he he hasn't quite booked his ticket yet but he wants to go travel the world and uh, we support him to do that the Absolutely. world is worth
2: seeing and bring back presents that's all i say <laughs> Well, my friends, uh, I better give you the phone because Charlie pre warned <clears throat> me something. Got a lot of events to cover. Oh, yeah. Meaning, shout up, Frank. Give the phone numbers. Okay. 416 <laughs> 740 If like, uh, you're around the uh, station area here in Toronto, okay. But anywhere else in the province, toll free 1 866 740 Okay, Charlie, what you got?
3: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Okay, a couple of events coming up because it's happy September. Yes, first day of September. Welcome to the next season. Mm -hmm. And that means the Hort Societies are back up and at it. Lots of events and meetings going on. The Burlington Horticultural Society will be hosting a general meeting and flower show uh, Wednesday, September the 12th from 7.30 till 9 p.m. They meet at the Burlington Senior Centre, which is 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The topic, you're going to love this, the topic for that evening is 1812 perennials then and now. Tony Post will be delivering the the uh, speaking, and Tony Post is a pretty smart. He's a St. Catherine's boy, actually.
2: Well, obviously, very clever. Absolutely,
3: and the flower show theme is a tribute to the War of eighteen twelve. So that's great. You know, it's like God, it's all there, right? Fresh a little history, Yeah, history, fresh plants, fun people. You know, you, everybody's welcome. So please, if you can go to that, do 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 attend. The Thornhill Hort Society is holding a plant sale next Saturday, September the 8th, starting at 9 a.m. at the Thornhill Community Centre, which is on the northeast corner of Bayview and John Street. The sale is out in the parking lot in the northwest corner of the parking lot. Shop early for your best selection. We are getting back in, you know, during the heat of the summer, we don't do a lot of... Digging and dividing and yeah. planting. We, we Basically, our gardens are in a bit of a holding pattern in the heat of the summer. We water, we deadhead, we admire, right? We pick, but we don't do a lot of planting or changing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, though, as things start to cool down, it's time to start thinking about rearranging and adding and subtracting and digging and dividing and going to plant sales and sharing with our friends things that are getting out of control. we got too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to your friends. Let them have too much. Um, the other group is the Asian Court Garden Club. Now, they've got two events. They've got an annual flower show. It is their 60th anniversary, and that is next Saturday as well, the 8th of September from 2 until 4.30 p.m., they meet at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, which is 2575 Midland Avenue in Agent Court. There's lots of free parking at the rear of the building off of Rural Drive. So that's a display of flowers, plants and vegetables, plus a delightful array of floral designs. So that's a real showcase of... It's a competition, right? Mm -hmm. You know, remember, I tell you how (laughs) serious gardeners are. My radishes are better than your radishes. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot... Let me
2: repeat (laughs) that.
3: There's a lot (laughs) going on that way. But that's going on that day, so it's floral design, and as I said, flowers, plants, and vegetables. The following Monday, September 10th, the Agent Court Garden Club will be holding their monthly meeting. Same location, that same, you know, Knox United Christian Education Centre, HPM, in the evening, the uh, topic for the night is the truth about trees, and it's Jack Radecki who will be giving that 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 talk. And Jack knows everything about trees. Talk about a tree hugger, man! He's he's a serious tree <laughs>
0: Literally, hugger. Literally, huh? oh
3: yeah, no, he's great. Though he really knows trees, and he's so passionate. Like it, you just, it warms your truth heart. Truth be to told, listen.
2: I admire trees more than flowers. Almost, really, mm-hmm. they just I, there's something about a tree that I just because uh, they're love. bigger than you. Yeah. Flowers are bigger than me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> right. No, they
3: aren't. <laughs> no, but that's it. Trees are so stately. Like, they're, mm-hmm. well, I mean, yeah, they're awesome. They, you know, they do. They in, they cause awe. <laughs> Alrighty, righty. Uh, A couple of more things just to remind everybody. Uh, okay, here's, here's something. You don't even know about this.
2: Uh-oh. All right. What?
3: Zoomer Media, we work for Zoomer Media here at Mm -hmm. AM740. Zoomer Media has its own channel on YouTube. So if we go to YouTube, there's a lot of different little channels. So Mm -hmm. Zoomer Media, go to that channel on YouTube. And I have uh, um, made a couple of garden videos with Darren Maharaj uh, that are on the Zoomer Media channel on youtube so youtube.com zoomer channel and then one title is gardening above ground and the other one that's posted is gardening trends so fun and educational
2: well they're very good and he's a nice guy good good guy to work with what a
3: Mm multi-talented guy he's like knows everything and everybody
2: That's what you said about me one time. But
3: But then he can also run about four cameras at the same time. (laughs) It's like it's amazing. He's he's good. Uh, I quite enjoyed working with him. I hope to
2: work with him again.
3: Uh, something else is... Uh, I'm saying that because we're on I, air, right? Can I
2: put in your application for you? <laughs> yes. mm? Just a minute I fill out my resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all
3: right, don't forget. Uh, we, As I mentioned, you know, fall season, yes. we're getting to the time to plant our garlic, right? Oh, we get yeah. our garlic planted now in the fall. And, of course, if you've got any empty spaces in those sunny spots in your garden mm-hmm. where you've already harvested everything and it's empty, it's there's still plenty of time to plant spinach, Uh, arugula, leaf lettuce, onions, and radishes because we have enough time, we should still have enough time, to actually harvest some of those things in the next six weeks.
2: Never realized that. Well, there there you go. go.
3: So get to it. Don't be wasting space.
2: (laughs) Okay. As she looks at me. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> oh, you take things so personally.
2: <laughs> oh, my! the mantra. I didn't give uh, the mantra. Please call early, call often, one question per call. And Christina and uh, David have done their job excellently well. Uh, they have filled the lines. and We have to <laughs> go to a commercial break. <laughs> I'm not break. sure if it's, that's a what? phrase,
3: excellently well. No,
2: I know. It's a terrible grammar. My yes. English teacher would fall over and die right yeah, now. hit you, probably. All right. It, it was superb, the job handled by the two of them. Okay, uh, we're <laughs> going to be along uh, here. Are, are we through with the. We will be uh, back. Yes, we'll be back. Oh, that's good. That's all you, I have You've time read the for contract. <laughs> okay, good. Nine eleven. the time here, got to scoot along. We'll be uh, back to talk to Pat in Barry after these words.
1: Don't change the radio station just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie Dobbin, exclusively on zoomer radio am 740
2: and the sous chef of the garden frank proctor here delighted to be with you on the first day of september let's go up to where the beautiful shores of kempenfeld bay are enjoyed by many barry ontario pat good morning
4: good morning how are you this morning
2: fine thank you very much morning pat
4: good morning charlie I have a question. I tried to grow bougainvillea this summer.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I have two plants that were on my back deck that get a tremendous amount of heat and sun mm-hmm. and they've done fairly well. I just wondered if, they, if there's anything at all I can do to bring them in in the winter and continue on next summer.
3: I would certainly try. Um, do you have a sunny window at all in your
4: house? Yes, my kitchen window is a south window, and Mm. it gets a ton of sun. Perfect.
3: And are these uh, plants in upright pots, or are they hanging baskets?
4: They're in upright pots.
3: Because sometimes Bougainvillea, they do tend to trail as they get older, and sometimes they are in hanging baskets. If what I would do is sometime in the next two, well, even right now, I would move them from that super hot, sunny location into a little bit of shade. Okay. And I would start over the next two weeks, slowly but surely, moving them into more and more shade, keeping them outside, but but lowering the light levels. Then you're going to have a day where you're just going to give them a thorough wash. You're going to wash the above ground bits and pieces. You're also going to soak the uh, the pot. Preferably, you're actually going to immerse the entire pot into a big tub of water, just to ensure that there's no bugs in there, because they'll all come swimming out once they're underwater. Okay. Once you're all bug-free and nice and clean, I bring the plants in to your sunniest pop- pop- um, sunniest possible location, which sounds like your kitchen, and then um, work with them. You may find there'll be a little bit of yellow leaves. There often is when we go from outside to inside. The light levels do drop, so we do often lose a few leaves along the way. Okay. The days get shorter. Plants respond to that, even though these are tropical plants. They know winter's coming, so they start to slow down. and a if, it, it, if it's Inside older leaves, like in the center of the plant, older leaves that turn yellow and drop off, no panic. As long as your tips stay nice and green, which they should, and there's still some, obviously it's a bit of new growth happening, then we remain totally calm and leave them in that bright sunny location. But be careful with your watering. You will water a lot less inside than you are outside. Okay. and no fertilizer. Now, the
4: place that I would put them is near a heat vent. Should I close that heat vent?
3: Yes, either close it or deflect the the air away. Okay. Is okay. it like a heat vent down on the ground? Like a yeah, yes,
4: in the floor duct.
3: Yeah, so I just went to believe it or not Canadian Tire the other day and got some some new vent deflectors because my the old, old
2: ones Yeah, my old scoop. ones
3: were all getting broken, and they have some now that are they're unbreakable supposedly because they're clear, so you never see them, and people trip on them and step on them, and so these won't break. But they do sit; they have magnets, and they sit right on top of the vent, and you can deflect the air away from the plants, which is a very good point. You never ever want to blow hot air on plants.
4: Okay. Excellent.
3: Hey, I appreciate your help. Hey. So have a great day. Good luck, with Thank that. you, Pat. Thanks. And
2: thanks. thank you for joining us from Barrie, Ontario, talking about deflecting hot air. Again, <laughs> Charlie looked at me when she said, Why do you do that? Okay, we're going to our next call. Now, here's a name, a, a lovely name I've never heard before. Zarita in Aurora. Good morning, Zarita.
5: Good morning, you too. How are you?
2: Fine, thanks.
5: Oh, good. Morning. Um, hi, Charlie. My peppers were doing beautifully, mm-hmm. really well. And I left them to turn red, you know, get a sweet Mm -hmm. red pepper.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: And um, all of a sudden, they just started rotting and falling off and becoming all mushy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on.
3: Probably what's going on, actually, this is a good question. Probably what's going on is, uh, are you being careful that you never water the leaves and the plants late in the day?
5: No, I do it uh, around about 6 because we are on um, alternate watering days. Uh-huh. So I do it around 6 in the evening.
3: Is there any way you could do it at 6 in the morning instead of 6 in the evening?
5: Charlie, I have to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
2: I'd be shocked, too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Is there any way you could water earlier in the day rather than waiting till 6 p.m.?
5: Okay, yeah, we have until uh, 10 a.m. in the morning, from 6 o'clock in the morning until 10 a.m. Yeah,
3: we can water. So that's what I would do, because Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. With the peppers, if you leave them on the plants, they will turn color. Mm -hmm. I learned this actually just recently from a a pepper grower. Green peppers, there's really no such thing as a green pepper. All a green pepper is is an immature pepper. All peppers will turn a color. Whether it's yellow or orange or red, left long enough, all peppers will turn a color. So Mm -hmm. a green pepper is just immature. So you're right. If you pick them green, they don't turn color. They stay green, and they have a very different flavor. It's not nearly as sweet as the colored peppers. So if you can leave them to get even a little bit of color started, just like a tomato, you can just get that little bit of color started. Then when you pick them, they should continue to ripen mm-hmm. um, but moisture on the plant or poor air circulation uh, can certainly lead to to the kind of rot that you're uh-huh. experiencing and that's what I'm, I'm thinking might might be happening the peppers are big this year the plants are huge the leaves are, are big and mm-hmm. you know very tropical looking I mean my peppers are almost as tall as Frank I mean they are they're, they're big four
2: foot three <laughs> exactly. no like, kidding.
3: they're they're really large so it, it's been a great year for peppers but they they're so dense that I think that's probably what's going on. So try and go into the nighttime with the plants as dry as you possibly can.
5: I also planted uh, heirloom tomatoes, and mm-hmm. they're gorgeous.
3: Mm-hmm. Good.
5: They're different.
3: That's right. And even the look, Which what varieties did you plant?
5: I don't know for sure. I just knew I picked them up at the garden center, uh-huh. and I put them down, and I thought, if you grow, you grow. If you don't, yeah. well. Yeah. But uh, they're beautiful. Oh,
3: good for you! Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I grew some brandy wines this year. I've done that wow. a few times, and brandy wine is an heirloom tomato, and they always refer to them as big, ugly, and purple. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, <laughs> so, you're but, describing my to- Yeah,
3: very tasty though, very oh, yeah. tasty, but very ugly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sarita. Well, thank
5: you both very much. Have a great weekend. Uh, you really too. Wish. Enjoy
2: the long holiday weekend. Thanks for Sorry, joining thank us here.
5: Thank compliment about my name.
2: Oh, oh, you're welcome. It's a beautiful name, it really is.
5: It means uh, beautiful.
2: Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And you wear it well. I just <laughs> know Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye for now. It's uh, coming around to twenty minutes after nine, and uh, it was we came into the studio this morning, uh, I said to uh, David and Christine, "Wow, it's cold enough in here. Uh, air conditioning really working. It's cold enough <laughs> to hang a side of beef in the <laughs> studio, you know." And so I'm glad that I brought in my outfit. Yes, yes I'm holding it right here, as you can there see. There it is. Thank you Yes, that my Sierra Sil cape, along oh. with my leotards and uh, and the rest of the outfit. Let me just try and get into this yeah. Well, you struggle exercises. with that. Yes, I'll just tell all right,
3: everybody. Oh. Why mm. you're putting on your lycra? Uh,
2: oh, yes, there
3: Sierra go. Sil God, superhero. Getting tight, getting tight. Oh. <laughs> you haven't been working out enough no, the last month or so. I know. Sierra Sil is something that both. Frank and I take on a daily basis to keep ourselves as pain-free as possible. It's all about joints and those stiff, achy mm, joints that yeah, can just... ha- come with age, and we find that Sierrasil, a completely natural mineral supplement, for whatever reason somehow takes away any joint pain that we might have experienced. So, learn more about Sierrasil at sierrasil.ca or give them a call at 1 1- 877-JOINT-14 or pick them up at your local health food retailer.
2: And can you tie the bow in this cape for me? <laughs> no. I'm terrible at tying knots. You I really am. Oh, you gosh.
1: look too silly. Uh,
2: okay. We'll be back in a moment here on AM740.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, I'm going to need a bit of direction here from Ruth, who's calling in from Kilbride. I, I thought I knew where Kilbride was, and then I know I can't. Where, where are you located, Ruth?
5: Kilbride is North Burlington,
2: a little village. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I was off in another direction entirely, so I'm glad you straightened me out. Well, you got a problem there with what Japanese beetles you saying?
5: Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. We have them all over the roses, all over the raspberry bushes. They're just wild
2: this year. They're
3: really bad this year. It's been a it's been a boomer year for Japanese beetles. So your question is what to do?
2: You want to yes. say sayonara to those guys?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Put out a little bit of sake, maybe you can drown them. No, the Japanese beetles are voracious eaters, and they love roses, and they love a whole bunch of plants. Remember, a Japanese beetle is the adult form of some of the grubs that we see in our turf in the late summer and early spring. So, a couple of things you can do. One is time for the nematodes in the on the lawn. Do you have any lawn at your place? Yes, lots of lawn. Lots of lawn. And have you had any issues with grubs in the past that you're aware of in your lawn? Um, yeah. Yep. So what I would do, <clears throat> keep in mind that the way it works is the Japanese beetles and the, some of the there's three different kinds of beetles that they party up in the trees. They chew on all kinds of flowers and leaves, and then the females drop straight down to the ground and lay their eggs directly beneath a tall structure, whether it's the drip line of a tree or the eaves trough of a house or a high fence or a pergola. So always ex- suspect or expect if grub eggs have been, Japanese beetle or grub eggs have been laid, that's where you're going to look first, is beneath some of these tall structures. So I would get a hold of some nematode eggs, which are available now, follow all the instructions, water as you're going to need to, to help those eggs to hatch. And that should lower some of your grub population and ultimately your beetle population for next year. For this year, there's not a lot you can do. This year, the best thing I can recommend is the old tuna fish can or soup can, a little bit of water, a tablespoon of oil or or soap in the water, and walking around and just pick those beetles and drop them in that can.
2: I mean, you can you see them quite easily. Oh, really. yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. They're shiny, metallic. They're, they're, you know, some would say pretty, but they're... They're just so voracious, and they wreck the roses. They wreck so many things, yeah. and they eat the leaves. They eat the flowers. They eat everything, and, and they don't just—there's not just one. If you see one Japanese beetle, you're going to see 30. You know, they, they do everything right in front of you. They're not shy. They eat. <laughs> they copulate. They poop. They do everything right there in
2: front of you. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> so, so hey, Don't even close the door. I know. God.
3: So, yeah, just get out your little can and just start collecting you know, that's, that's the best thing you can do at this time of year. And the, and the nematodes in preparation to try and lower the population for next year. And also think in terms of bir- like encouraging birds in your garden to help eat them. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's no secret remedy, unfortunately. There's no one thing you can do other than net your entire property. <laughs> but you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do that anyway. But that's the thing is they do fly in. So that's um, the best I can suggest.
6: Well, thank you very much.
3: And you're very welcome,
2: and, and good luck you, with that. Thank you for calling in from Kilbride, uh, 924, uh, make it 925, don't to here at uh, AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Phone numbers again for Toronto area listeners, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, then cost a penny, one 866 4, 7, 40. And I'm going to go to Alliston to have a word here with uh, Phyllis. Good morning, Phyllis. Good
7: morning, Frank. Good morning, uh, Charlie.
2: Good morning, a Phyllis. Good day. Yeah, again. Oh, gorgeous.
7: Gorgeous. Um, it's in regards to my hydrania plant. It's uh, out at the side of the house, but for the last couple of years, it hasn't flowered. It's huge mm. leaves on it, but no flowers.
3: Is it getting any sun at all at the side of it's those?
7: It's getting a certain amount of sun, right. but not the full sun.
3: How many hours would you say? Oh,
7: I would say in the afternoon, maybe four hours, something like that.
3: Hmm. And is it hydrangea that's been there for quite a number of years? Two. Oh, just two. And is it a hydrangea that is supposed to have the round pink type flowers? Yeah. Okay, yes. as opposed to the white flowers. Yes, hmm. it's, they're pink. It could be, do you remember the name of it? By any chance, was it called Endless Summer?
7: I really can't remember that. It's been been a couple of years since I planted it, but last year it didn't do good either. Um, The year before that, when I first planted it, it was you know, the
3: flowers on it. Mm-hmm. And had probably it has hasn't. flowers when you bought it. Yeah. But if it's that y- newly planted, it probably is either an endless summer or one of that family. Right. So what I would do is uh, leave it alone this year for the rest of the year. Okay. Next spring, once uh, the snow has melted, assuming we get snow this winter. Right. Uh, and in your area, it probably would be might be late April, early May, okay. you'll be able to see little green buds okay. on the stems that will be sticking up out of the ground. They'll be kind of br- the stems will be kind of brown and shiny and not very healthy looking, but there will be little buds that are starting to fatten up along those stems. Okay. At that point, when you see those fat little buds starting to, to literally fatten up, cut the plant down to about 10 inches tall.
7: That's what I was going to ask you. Should I cut this down now or no? No, I would wait till the spring. Leave it till next year. Leave it
3: till next spring. And at the same time, when you're doing that, Mm -hmm. cutting it down, you're going to be cutting to just above, like each branch, you're going to cut to just above one of those fat little buds. At the same time, fertilize it with a flowering plant fertilizer of whatever kind. Yeah,
6: that's Uh, what I have. Yeah.
3: Make sure that it's in a good, uh, very, fairly fertile, but lots of organic material around the plant. Make sure that you've topped dressed with either compost or manure or that sort of thing. Hydrangeas love to be in a moist spot, like okay. cool spot. Okay. So that's why, you know, four hours of sun should be enough if the plant is really happy on all other levels. Yeah. And if you still find that it just ends up being a big honking green plant, you may have to consider moving it to a sunnier to another
7: spot. Another yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's it? Yeah. Sounds good. It's that easy. <laughs> you have a great day and a nice uh, weekend. Thank you very much, Thanks, Phyllis. Phyllis.
2: Goodbye. Okay, thank you. Uh, And you are listening to The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. A lot of uh, various questions. I mean, you know, sometimes we get on a theme almost, but we've been all over the place. It's true, we have. Um,
3: I'm going to just take us somewhere else again.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Is that all right? (laughs) I'm ready to travel.
3: All right. You know how I've told you, well, you know what, we're going to go to Winnipeg. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Winnipeg. Uh, you know, I've told you that this show is podcast. Yes. And all that means is that this show is recorded and is available to be listened to later on your computer. You don't need an iPod. You don't need anything pod-based at all. You just need a computer to listen to the podcast. Go to AM740, the website, am mm-hmm. seven forty. Go to hosts. And if you go to Charlie Dobbin as a host, there's an
2: actual podcast site there too. There is. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, Okay. So, no, go to then go one way or the other. You have to choose the show though. So, you can go to the the, pick the podcast tab or pick the host tab and find the garden show. And it's cute. I got an email. I just want to share this email with you. This is from Kristen Fleet. She writes from Winnipeg, Manitoba. And she starts by saying, I love listening to the podcast of your show, which is why I'm telling you that people do listen to the podcast. And it's great like she obviously doesn't. She, she she could listen live on her computer, but instead she's listening at her own at convenience. Her leisure, yep. Sure. Uh, So she's an enthusiastic but beginner gardener. She planted some dahlias. Now, when you're in Winnipeg and you plant dahlias uh, in June, you don't get a lot going on there. Uh, They only produced a few leaves. So bottom line is um, I'm going to recommend to her that she lifts her dahlias. Remember, anybody out there with dahlias, they don't stay in the ground over the winter. Unless we have an extremely mild winter, they will not survive. Uh, But we do wait for a while yet. Of course, the dahlias will need to get some good hard frost before we're going to lift them and put them into a frost-free location for the winter. And then we're back out in the spring. But even in the Toronto area, I get my dahlias planted up by mid-March in pots before I go outside. So if I don't, if I wait to put them straight outside mm-hmm. in June, just like uh, Kristen has discovered, you don't get a lot of flowers if you put them in too late. So bottom line is is to get them in the ground early enough or at least get them growing early enough. I have lights. I have some grow lights at my house, so I'm able to put them in pots, put them under grow lights and let them get started early indoors. And, uh, and the, Kristen finishes off her email by saying, thanks and I wish I lived in your area. There's way more gardening events taking place <laughs> there than anywhere in Manitoba. So good for us, you know, we're well- a- keen bunch of gardeners, and I know there are keen gardeners in Manitoba as well. I'm going to have to see if I can hook Kristen up with some uh, some of the, the gardening folk in Manitoba, because there's lots there, too.
2: Absolutely. Very nice to hear from her. Thank you very much. for. And, by the way, speaking of our website, it's newly improved, if I may say. That's so true. Last couple of months, they've done a tremendous amount of work. Links to darn near anything, and it's just fabulous. So, check it out. And am740.ca is all you have to do. That's to right. That. It's
3: easier to negotiate, to oh, find where you yeah. want to go. Um, also, I noticed the font is about an Eighteen point font, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's nice. It's really no squinting.
2: No, no, no. no, no. Well, back to our callers here. Golly, uh, Gail has been waiting there on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Gail. Welcome to the show.
4: Oh, thank you. Good morning. Morning. I have a question regarding uh, tree uh, tree peony. Mm -hmm. I have two in my garden. One is doing extremely well. It's about five feet high, Um, but the leaves are yellow mm-hmm. and i'm i suspect it's lack of uh, nitrogen mm-hmm. i did try iron mm-hmm. um but that didn't really correct the problem
3: but you like you didn't have straight iron you you gave a fertilizer with chelated iron is that what yes. you did yes. okay and it didn't really correct the problem You still got that yellowish tinge what yeah. we call chlorotic leaves right okay how long has that been there that tree peony in oh goodness!
4: Uh, eight years.
3: Yeah. Okay. You know the problem you have is exactly the same problem I have. Is it? Um, have you got? A, is it in a lot of sun? Yes, full sun. Full sun. Yeah, exactly. Exact same problem I have. Full sun, and the plant, no matter what I do, gets that chlorosis in the spring. Gets that pale yellow thing going on. The, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what? I... Bottom line: It used to bother me. Now I'm. I, I think I'm just kind of accepting that that's what it does. It doesn't <laughs> oh, okay. affect the health of the plant. Your idea of fertilizing it with um, a good, like a good quality fertilizer with chelated iron, is a good idea. The other idea is remember organic matter. Lots and lots of organic matter at the base of that plant to ensure that it is, um, you know, got enough moisture being held around the roots. What I think happens is that in the full sun, we end up watering the plant so much that we end up uh, washing away a lot of the fertilizer. Because nitrogen carries in water, goes down through the soil and out into the water table. So the other thing is, you can fertilize your tree peony perhaps more often than you've been doing.
4: Okay, actually, I haven't been fertilizing it at all, other than in the spring, Mm -hmm. I purchased a bottle or a bag of composted manure. Good, yep put it all around the the base of
3: it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would do that again this spring this fall. Okay. Do another bag of manure around it. And then yeah, if you there's always two ways to garden. One is to say I just want to work with organic or natural materials. The other is I'm I'm happy to use some of the synthetic things out there. If you just want to stay organic, then composted manure is definitely the way to go. You could also consider some blood meal next spring. Mhm. <clears throat> And or some bone meal next spring, just to ensure that you're trying to balance your nutrients there. Okay. Uh, Sometimes people make manure tea or compost tea to use during the summer to continue to feed their plants, to encourage flowers and to keep the nutrient levels up, particularly when we're needing to water in those. I mean, we've had to water in the, the sunny gardens this year have just been, you know, it's incredibly hot so in those hot spots we've had to keep the water going to keep the plants happy and of course that means the nutrient levels have dropped.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So yep, spring fertilizing
4: and then consider summer
3: fertilizing as well.
4: Okay. All right. Now Again, what my t- second Sorry, I have another question. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh.
2: We can only we can only take one question at a time because other callers are all lined up here, my love.
4: But you may oh, call again.
2: Uh, you call again. Evening. Even today, call again, okay? All right, I'll call yeah. again. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Gail. Appreciate okay. that. Yeah, we uh, hate to do that, but uh, you know it's a way to keep the show moving along and give everybody a fair shot at things here. So let's take another shot at uh, Charlie. <laughs> Hello, Anne in Brecon. Nice to have you on the show. Good morning.
6: Good morning. Nice to talk to you both. I love your show Thank you. and always learn something. And I've got my notebook here and I take notes. Oh, I want to just say I have a wonderful mountain ash in my backyard. Mm. The birds love it, the big berries. Mm-hmm. I, it's lo- starting to lose some of its leaves. Mm-hmm. And around the trunk, the tree trunk, halfway mm-hmm. up, is distinctively marked holes that ring around the trunk. And then higher up more holes that ring around the trunk, like somebody's, something's been boring.
3: Sapsuckers. Yeah, exactly. Birds. It's birds it's doing birds. that. Yeah,
6: birds. Yeah. I just forget it
3: then. Yeah, well, you know what? It's either woodpeckers or sapsuckers, and when yes. they're doing that, it's because there's insects under the bark. Okay. They can hear, so they hear the, the bugs, and they zero in on them, and then they right. get them. Yeah, so it's, it's never a good sign
6: but it's not harming the tree.
3: It is harming the tree. Two things are harming the tree. The insects inside the tree are harming the tree right. and then the birds that are taking the insects yeah. are further harming the tree. So yes, there is harm being done to the tree.
6: So what do I do anything?
3: Um, well, you love the tree and is it a big old tree? How how long have you yeah, had it? Yeah,
6: it's right outside my uh, porch window and I look at it and the and the birds are on it quite regularly.
3: Yeah, flowers beautifully in the in yeah. the spring. Now, the thing to remember with our trees this year is that it has been very hot, very yeah. dry, and even very windy lately. Yeah. The trees are starting to drop their leaves and turn color early this year okay. because of the stress they've been under. Yeah, the dry, hot has been very stressful. We all- Yeah, exactly. If we could all just defoliate, life would be good, right? (laughs) But no, the trees are really showing their stress now. I saw sumacs turning red last uh, weekend up in Campbellford. And of course, it's still August. That's crazy. Uh, And I saw a lot of yellow birches and a lot of yellow trees because it's been so, so dry, even to the east. uh, Drier than it's been here in sort of central Ontario. So... What do you do? I would, in your case, because it's a very important tree and there's clearly something going on that is a a bit frightening, I'd be going to my... A for arborist in the yellow pages uh, and calling in a certified arborist for best advice. Uh, It may be that there are insects that can be controlled. For sure, that arborist is going to recommend some some very deep watering and perhaps even deep feeding uh, later this fall. Just to make, just to try and see when when the plants are stressed by the heat and the drought, then we have to go overboard to try and make sure they're not stressed on other levels. So we don't want them hurting for water or hurting for for nutrient uh because otherwise they're just open to invasion by pests and diseases yeah. so that's what i would do all right okay good luck
6: with that thank you very
2: much thank you and calling in from uh brecon she was let's say where are we heading now how about oh st catherine's jack is there good morning jack
8: yeah good morning good morning how are you great how are you well, for a young fellow at 80, I can't complain. You Can.
2: sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Getting by with a push and a shove, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on in your place?
8: Well, I've been growing tomatoes every year, and this year I reduced to 12 plants because my wife just passed away. Uh, i got problems with bottom or blossom end rot, whatever mm-hmm. it is really called.
3: That's what it's called, blossom end rot.
8: Okay. And... I got 12 plants, and so far, I, I already tore a few plants out. I've only got about 5% of tomatoes. The rest of the world's not ordered.
3: Hmm. Now, tell me, have you been rotating the location of your tomatoes in your yes. garden?
8: Good. I, I rotate, matter of fact, every year.
3: Good. So you have a big garden then.
8: I got 300 square feet, and That's... I grow corn and tomatoes wow. and sometimes beans, yeah.
3: Oh, that's great, because so that's a really good rotation, because the tomatoes suck all the nutrients. The corn is a big, heavy feeder, but the beans put back in. So as long as that's your, your cycle, that's the way to go, actually.
8: Somebody told me that it's inconsistent wiring. Well, I'll tell you, I went to a lot of work, and I love my system. Everybody loves it. I got cross bars running, so I got six plants in a row. And between two plants on top of the bar, I got four liter uh, plastic bottles. Oh. I cut the bottom out of that, and on the the, the, the the spout, more or less, where the cap is, I drill the hole, and i got nice small hoses running, and I make sure that each plant gets at least four liters of water each year. I just go around, fill the bottles up, and forget about
2: it. Hey, isn't that cool? Every day, though.
8: Well, not every no, day. No, good.
3: Okay. Just, okay. Here
8: again, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. That'd be too much. didn't
8: get any rain oh, much this year. If there's a <laughs> lot of rain, I don't need to do it.
3: No, that's right. Wow, great. That sounds like an inventive system. I'd love to see a picture of that. Or I'd love to get you to come to my house and help me set it up.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've used to drink a lot of juice, cranberry juice, nothing in four-liter bottles.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: So I've been do, using that system for the last couple of years, and anybody comes down and they say, wow, oh, what? nice
3: looks like a big still, and probably. Might,
8: <laughs> I don't have to bend down a while the plants or I don't like using a hose. I try to use the mm. rainwater.
3: Yeah, great idea. Well, rainwater's always the, the best. the are empty. Well, OK, so you bring up some really good points blossom end rot which is when the the bottom of the tomato the you know what we would consider the bottom where the blossom used to be literally rots it just turns dark and ugly and yep. wet and mushy yep. and the the fruit is inedible why does it happen we used to say it was strictly based on a calcium deficiency within the soil uh-huh. then more research said well it's not just a calcium deficiency it could be inconsistent watering as well Then the question about pH comes up because even if you have lots and lots of calcium in your soil in a very high or very low pH, the calcium is not available to the plants. So what I would do in your case, clearly water has not been a limiting factor. I would do, do you have any, have you ever tested your soil?
8: I did. I just did it recently, and uh, this is why I'm calling. Mm-hmm. Show. I always like love your show. Like to listen to it, but nobody mentioned Plaza the the, the bottom end rock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, my pH I think is too high. Right, it's uh, just about seven on the uh, on the north end, and on the south end of the garden. It's uh, it is uh, six point eight or something. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. had transplanted one plant to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and was in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And I ducked the ball and all, yep. and put it in the on the south end where mm-hmm. it doesn't get quite as much sun, but it gets five six hours, uh-huh. and that plant is doing beautifully yeah. you no know, bottom end rock.
3: All right, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. All right. So what does that tell you? So. Uh, Perhaps you're going to need to add a little bit of sulfur to the soil where you're finding that the peach is a bit high. Uh And lower it a bit with the addition of either soil acidifier or sulfur. I wouldn't use aluminum sulfate because you don't want to put that into Uh areas where you're eating. I'm I'm not a big fan of putting... Heavy metals into the soil where I'm growing food crops. Yeah, I never uh,
8: use pesticides either.
3: No, exactly. But the soil acidifier is a—it is a sulfur-based product that will help lower your pH, and that might, you may find might make the difference for you next year. And just try and stay on top of that because that's. It's a funny thing. Soil, pH, all the best nutrients in the world. But if the pH isn't right, then the nutrient isn't available to the tomatoes or
8: the crop, the whatever it is. Also comes in, in, in powder or comes it in a rock base? Or? It's a granular. That's it a is granular. a granular.
3: It's a, you'll buy it in a box, a two-kilogram box. Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember who makes it. Um, I think it's like Nutrite. No, I remember. Whoever it is. But you know, you'll get it at any good garden center. So either soil acidifier... It's is the actual name, okay? Or you'll see garden so like it'll say right on it garden sulfur, uh, and it won't say garden sulfur as a fungicide. It'll be garden sulfur for lowering the pH, mm-hmm. so it's as a soil amendment.
8: Yeah, okay. and uh, I had added a little bit of lime this year in the spring. Bad idea. And but that uh, you know I'm careful with that stuff. So
3: yeah, I wouldn't add lime because that's what's raising your pH, right? Yeah.
8: Okay. Good. Well, thank you, Jack. Okay. And, hey, that, that idea you've got,
2: you know, of uh, hanging those uh, plastic bottles out, oh. uh, Charlie, I know, is going to steal the idea, <laughs> except when you get over her place, there's going to be wine bottles hanging well,
8: there. It, <laughs> it, it, it's simple, you know, because, like I said, you take a bucket with water and yeah. you just... Uh, Fill up these bottles. Yeah, it's perfect.
3: Grains. Pretty cool. And like you said, you don't have to bend over. I like it. I'd be patenting not, that.
8: Not only that, you put fertilizer in it right. and water, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you don't waste any of so all run good. all over the ground. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, three cheers for Jack. Thanks, Thanks for Jack. calling the show, oh, Jack.
8: And thank you for your information. Love your show. Take care. And I'll, you have a great, great weekend. Thank, thank you very
2: much. Nine forty-four 44 of the time here. Charlie Dobbin on the air with the Garden Show. Frank Proctor here, The Sous Chef. And we shall return in moments. Hey, pleasure to be with you, as you, we welcome in a brand new month of September, and a uh, beautiful day it is, too, isn't it? Another beautiful day. Yeah, well, we've had it all summer long, basically. Amazing. Well, John, how are you enjoying things out there in Mississauga?
8: Yes, good morning, gentlemen and lady. Uh, first of all, Charlie, thank you very much for the information from last week regarding my fruit tree.
3: Oh, good. I thought,
8: thank you. Wonderful. Um, I'm in the website and see what I can do for next year, hopefully. Okay. Um, my question today for you, please, is... Uh, me and my mama here, my missus, uh, we bought four uh, uh, rows of Sharon, mm-hmm. and I like to move some because I want to put some different colors. You know, most of the rows of Sharon's I found is is uh, purple or movie mm-hmm. type, and we bought some pink and white ones. Okay, yeah. um, is it? Can I move them now? Can I sort of transplant them to other areas?
3: How long ago did you plant them originally?
8: Um, at the beginning, uh, at the end of. This spring?
3: Oh, so they've just been in the ground this one season.
7: Yeah. Um, you could,
3: yeah. You know what? I, this would be. I mean, you are going to limit your flowering this year by moving them now. Uh-huh. But there's nothing wrong with moving them now. You can do it. Just make sure you got your hose handy and you've got nice, good, moist soil. You know, the the yeah, planting hole that, is that nice that and I moist. Guess two,
7: eh? Pardon? Some transplanter.
3: I would, yep. Either yeah. quick start or transplanter fertilizer day, yeah. or bone meal, but yeah, just to ensure that the roots get going. Uh-huh. So it will, it will. Like I said, you might find that some of the flower buds that are on them now will kind of shrivel up and not bloom, uh-huh. but don't be concerned about that. The main thing is to get roots growing first. Uh-huh. But um, when we're going to transplant, we always say we need a minimum of six weeks between that transplanting date and a hard frost. Well, really a cold, you know, really cold. It's Mm -hmm. only early September. So, I mean, you could even wait another couple of weeks if you wanted. But sometime in the next couple of weeks, for sure, you can still do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
2: Thank, Thank you very much. Right. Okay, John, all you're the best. Thanks well, for like listening that. to AM740, Zuma Radio. And, uh, Chia, <clears throat> as you know, I am the sous chef of the garden, which means I know less than nothing about gardening. But uh, here's a term I've never heard. Of. We're getting a call here from uh, Sophie from <laughs> Hamilton, Bridal reef bushes. I know what this what is. What the heck are th- What is that,
0: Sophie?
5: <laughs> Good morning. Good morning.
3: Good morning, morning <laughs> Sophie.
5: Uh, my bushes are beautiful, mm-hmm. but they're twenty years old, mm-hmm. and I I like to see them naturally. I don't I don't trim them at all. Right. But they're quite old now, and I want to know if I can actually uh, trim them maybe to a foot high, and get them ready for next winter. I'm <laughs> um, sorry for next
7: spring.
3: Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> just to, my sous chef still looks puzzled here. <laughs> uh, what Sophie is growing are called bridal wreaths. Spirea. oh
2: bridal wreath ah.
3: um, our our um, computer says reef, as in uh, you know a, uh, yes a, a, whatever <laughs> a reef coral in the ocean, reef. thank you, yeah. yes coral reef uh, so bridal wreath, spirea, the natural form of the plant is for it to grow up and then arch over and and almost do like a waterfall down. Mm-hmm. And they bloom in June, which is where the bridal wreath comes from. And it's just a cascade of white uh. flowers as that, that it's not a weeping plant. It's a cascading or, a, like I say, a waterfall sort of a look. Beautiful white flowers. But the actual natural size, untrimmed, allow them to grow to, to their proper size. They're going to be six to eight feet wide and six to eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. So they're big plants. So Sophie's question is: Can she just give him a haircut this spring, this fall, or early spring, and kind of start all over again? Um, you could. I mean, that would be one way to do it. That would be sort of your only way to do it. You don't want to give him a haircut five feet up. You know, you, if you're going to haircut something like a loose spirea, you want to cut him down to about eighteen inches tall. And, eighteen inches. Tall. Yeah, and start right down low, and let the whole thing begin again. um, If you had the time and desire and willingness, the other thing you would do is you'd put on your full kind of leather suit and you'd get down on your hands and knees and you'd crawl in uh, inside underneath all this cascading branches and you would cut out the oldest, heaviest, thickest branches of all.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And you would do, you would remove about one-third of each shrub each year. And that would allow new growth to come up and do the cascade, and that would get rid of the big old stuff that's so big and it's overwhelming everything Sounds else. Sounds like a
2: pretty arduous task, yeah. though, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So,
3: I mean, if they're healthy and, you know, in good shape, doing a dramatic cutting them right down, you know, serious haircut right down, you know, to knee height will not hurt them, they will come back, it'll take them a couple of years to look good again, but they will come back and fill in again.
7: Okay, so this fall, doing this this fall is, is good?
3: You could do it this fall or this or in the spring. I would recommend some top dressing with some good quality compost, manure, that sort of thing, just to help them through, because it will be a rather dramatic thing to do, but if they're healthy and happy, they will, like I say, bounce right back. Okay.
2: okay. Right, Thank you, Sophie. Okay. Thanks, okay. Sophie. Thank you very much. Thank you, and have a wonderful weekend. And uh, the Garden Show here at 9.51. It's time for me to do some exercise. I'm going to do my push-ups, my table push-ups. Table push-ups, okay. and he's still wearing okay. his... Here
3: we go. Still wearing your Velcro. Yes, it's, uh, it's two. Okay. V- mm. Vinyl suit, that Lycra suit. Three. Okay, why is Frank doing this? Yes, because why? Frank has been taking his Sierra Cell, which is a completely natural mineral supplement, exactly. and it allows him it, to do his table push-ups without croaking and crying Creaking and whining too Nine. much. But I think it's that lycra suit that makes the difference. Oh, yes. So, Sierracil is an interesting product that we both take on a daily basis to avoid joint pain and 13. aches. And it is available at your local health food store. It's also available online at sierracil.ca. Or you can give them a call at 1 joint14. 20.
2: Oh, I'm done. Thank goodness.
1: Don't change the radio station just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And the sous chef, uh, Frank Proctor, welcoming Teresa to the line from Whitby. Good morning, Teresa. Good, good morning. Morning.
6: Good morning. Uh, hello? Yeah, yep. go ahead. Okay. You can hear me? Yes, oh, we, we can. can. Go ahead. Okay. One of my problem is I have two rows of Sharon, and uh, they've been planted uh, for about six years, and uh, they they're full of buds every year, but only part of the buds come out. Now they're loaded with buds that are not mm-hmm. not opening.
5: Hmm.
3: And not that open. happens every year.
6: Oh yes.
3: I'm asking you: Does that happen every
6: year? Yes, it has for the last oh. three years.
3: And they're probably double Rose of Sharon as opposed to single flowers. Yes,
6: actually, you're right.
3: They look like the kind of little wedding uh, flowers that we make out of Kleenex and stick on cars. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I had the exact same problem that you have. I had a Rose of Sharon that was theoretically a beautiful plant. And it would make thousands and thousands of buds and they would never open. Yeah. So I started... Talking to this plant and telling this plant it didn't have long to survive in my garden unless it was going to shape up and start blooming like prior that. to, you know, winter arriving. Well, yeah. what happened was the next year it started to crack a few buds and show a little bit of color, but it never really performed like it should have. It was just thousands of buds, a little bit of color, but they never really opened right. prior to the dead of winter arriving. So right. I uh, dug it up and gave it to a neighbor. <laughs> And the, the neighbor thinks it's a great plant, still doesn't flower for that person either, but they didn't really care. But I just had had enough. I was like, you know, whereas the single blooming rose of Sharon are very, very consistent and will, you know, give you tons of joy and, and easy to grow. The right. doubles, I think there's something going on genetically. It's just, uh, you know, some plants just... Are physiologically not happening quick enough. Uh, maybe if we lived in Ohio or someplace a little further south, right. they, w- they would have a little more fall and they would open. But I just find winter arrives and and these plants have not continued and finished their their cycle.
6: No, no, so.
3: Threaten it for a year or two, and if it doesn't step up, then get a your chainsaw. <laughs> oh, so there's
6: not much I can do about Not it.
3: that I know of, unless somebody else has a suggestion. Okay. I, I just researched it. I, yes. I, I, I'm telling you, I threatened it. I did everything I could think of, and it still wasn't working for me. Well, sort I of
2: thought a,
6: if anybody would know, you would. <laughs> because, you well,
2: know. it's sort of Charlie's version of Clint Eastwood talking to the chair. She talks to her plants <laughs> like <laughs> that. Make my day, you know. I saw that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Unbelievable.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Frank.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Teresa, for leading me in that direction. (laughs) It's 9.55 here at AM 740. And uh, Diane from Lowbanks. what's going on there? Hello, Diane.
7: Yes, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, uh, we have um, a bed of the... uh Is it Asiatic lilies and daylilies, and we have to move them. How would we go about moving them?
3: Okay, so just to be clear, so daylilies are the plants with the green, looks like grassy leaves. Yeah. uh, And they typically have orange flowers, though there's many, many colors of daylilies. And then Asiatic lilies are actual real lilies. They're lilium, and they grow up into very tall plants with yeah. typically fragrant flowers and short little green leaves coming off the main stem.
7: Yeah. Now we have to move them, okay. and uh, is now a, can we do it safely now?
3: Daylilies are so tough you can move them anytime. Oh, okay. Lilium are best moved when you know where they are.
7: <laughs> so, okay, which it, is like right now. Exactly.
3: So if the green is still showing, the green stem and the green leaves are still there,
7: exactly. then
3: it would it would be a reasonably good time to move them.
7: The, and what about, like, my husband's scared of, like, breaking the root or, uh, because, like, it's getting too full. they've got to be moved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, are we going to destroy the plant by moving it?
3: Well, like I say, daylilies you can't destroy. They are just okay. the toughest plants in the world. As long as you have a little bit of root with yeah. a little bit of stem attached to that root, it will grow.
1: Okay.
3: Now, the, the Asiatic lilies, however, you're going to have to dig down. You're going to have to find the bulbs, okay. and you're going to be actually lifting the bulbs. Once you lift the bulbs and replant the bulbs, they will very quickly turn ye- The green, that's green now, will quickly turn yellow, but right. roots will get send out this fall. And next spring they'll come up again. Okay, Make sure you're now, going into sunny, well-drained location, though.
7: Should in a uh, pardon?
3: Sunny and yeah. well-drained soil.
7: Yeah. And now, should we put anything into the ground when we transplanting them, like any bone marrow or anything for the bulbs? Uh, you
3: could, though. You don't need to. It's bo- oh, okay. bone meal if you wanted to, but you don't need to. Um, both of those are super tough plants that will just get going.
7: Oh, wonderful! With them. Uh, okay, right. that's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Diane. Our pleasure.
2: Bye, bye now. And as we say goodbye to Diane, I know that you had a little item about compost you wanted to uh, get yeah, to. Yeah, it I not? just wanted yes. to. We've
3: been talking a little bit about the hot summer we've had. Yeah, and I remember a couple of years ago this happened where uh, potting soil was left in a pot, on a deck, without any plants in it, no water, and spontaneously started to smoke and burn and combust. So we did receive a letter from one of our listeners, and her name is Roz from uh, the Hamilton area. And what happened was their composter spontaneously combusted. started to smoke. Oh, yeah. And it all ended up being a very good story because the composter was placed in such a spot that there was no, nothing around it to catch fire, but the plastic composter did melt down, and uh, it all started with smoke. So everybody be really, really aware of, in this heat, Be stay right on top of keeping anything moist, like composters, or even if you have just empty pots of soil kicking around, either dump that soil into the garden or make sure that there is moisture uh, going in, because potting soil is just peat-based, and it uh, once it gets really, really, really dry, and then the sun is beating down on it, it can be a real problem, and that's happened in people's garages. Potting, a bag of potting soil just dries mm-hmm. out, and again, too much hot, too much heat, spontaneous combustion it can good. be very dangerous, so yeah, just sure. remember that. Water, okay. water, water.
2: Well, we had tons of questions this morning They were all over the place, all over the map, and I just had a good laugh here. I just watched the boys from the uh, mm. car the, show, Dave Corner Garage. Yes, man, the Alan gelman the yeah, and, and Dave Rediger. and they were introduced to Christina uh, who is our sous chef on the control board and uh, I could see them automatically start in their minds mm-hmm. editing some of their comments mm-hmm. because you know especially during the breaks oh yeah <laughs> don't give me that no he said uh, yeah yeah they're saying oh god we have to behave ourselves yeah now. good oh, so good. you're going to be a very Christina's very going keep line. approach to radio <clears throat> coming up next excellent okay <laughs> thank you Charlie
3: thank you for frank and thanks christina dave good help and thanks for all our great callers i'll see you all again next week
1: happy birthday
2: to
0: you hey Bye. where's mom going she hasn't even opened her presents well son she just turned 65 which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. what yep an eye exam now costs her nothing and she can get 30 percent off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses wow so can we cut the cake now You betcha.
1: No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air,